another episode of the Geek Whisperers. I'm John Mark Troyer. And I'm Amy Lewis. And I'm Matt Brender. And we're back once again to talk about marketing or perhaps the opposite of marketing. We're talking with geeks who have careers and uh, presumably like their careers, and they talk about their careers and the way they're going and being a geek and talking to geeks and things like that. So I am really pleased to have with us today our guest, Amy Hermes. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. So Amy, let's uh, maybe introduce yourself, uh, kind of name, rank, and serial number, and uh, maybe we'll go on from there. <laughs> Hi, I'm Amy Hermes. Uh, I call myself the CloudMinds Program Director, and I work for IBM. So, okay, CloudMinds Program Director. Now, before we hit record here, we, we maintain that you are not a marketer, or you maintain that you're not a marketer, but you're involved in the IoT. Or maybe the other IoT. So Yeah, we call it the other IoT, the influence of things. <laughs> okay. So you're not a marketer, but you work in a in a influence related role, is that right? That is correct. So your title program manager, but you don't call yourself influence marketer. So Amy Amy Lewis, not Amy Hermes, Amy Lewis, you are a director of influence marketing. I am. I think this means that Amy and I have to arm wrestle. <laughs> I was thinking thumb wrestling, but you know we could we could do the arm wrestling. I mean, Two influence marketers enter. One, one influence marketer leaves. It's a simpler just, time then. I just saw Thunderdome <laughs> the other day. Well, I think it's a you say you know you say tomato, I say tomato, right? But I think at the end of it, when we start deconstructing it, I think we're all talking about the same kinds of things. So I, I have two questions right off the bat. I just have to know why the allergy to the word marketing. Oh, it's not an allergy for sure. Um, I actually have a master's degree in marketing and, and I feel proud to have worked in, in many different roles, um, in formal roles. So I've you know been a consultant. I've been a, a communications executive. I've been a marketing executive. I tend to think that this particular, we'll call it role or, or project or adventure, um, is less about marketing and more uh, specifically around um, what I'll call thought leadership which I guess some could classify as marketing, but I tend to think that marketing has a connotation specifically that, that drives back to, to sales. Um, and I tend to think that this one is a little bit more uh, geared around innovation and, and potential business opportunities and um, new relationships. Um, so I tend to think that this one might be a little bit different than formal marketing. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that, that, I guess that works for me. Amy, does that work for you? Uh, well, that leads to question two, which is, can you tell us a little bit about CloudMinds for people who don't know so we can can understand what the difference is? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me let me start with what CloudMinds is with a, with a definition, and then we can kind of talk about why I, I don't think it's particularly a, a marketing program. CloudMinds was born, if you will, um, in January of 2014. And the idea here was bringing together what I'll call influencers, um, and since that seems to be the, the bright, shiny word of the last couple of years. Um, when, when we talk about influencers, I think uh, a lot of folks use use different words. But for me, I think it means thought leaders. It means visionaries. It means business partners, both formal and informal. It means developers. It means academicians and university leaders. It means venture capitalists, NGOs and consultants and business and technology leaders. I think it's students. I think that in general, anyone that has the ability to potentially change people's perceptions, belief, and behaviors could be an influencer. I think um, companies have always long looked at, at influencers like traditional media and analysts, and I think that that landscape is changing a great deal. So CloudMinds came into play in looking at 
if we are going to move the industry forward as a whole, you know, what people would we need to bring into those kinds of discussions? Who would be part of that community or constituency, uh, as it were, to look at a particular area, in this particular case, the future of cloud? So what Cloud Minds is now is roughly a community of about 160 plus different thought leaders that are what we'll call the top minds in cloud, hence Cloud Minds. Um, the idea here is that we regularly come together through uh, a variety of sort of online and offline means um, to talk through um, different aspects of, of cloud, uh, to look at new relationships and launch new initiatives and, and really look at sort of uncovering market opportunities for all involved. And I think there's a you know business element. I think there's a societal element to it. And there's obviously a technology element to it. Each answer begs like 10 new questions. <laughs> Absolutely. And you also, I mean, you seem to mean something of more substance than I normally hear when somebody says thought leadership, which is uh, kind of new. I think that term has gotten some pretty negative connotation in our sort of nerdy circles that we all run in. Uh, I'd love for you to demystify some of like what you mean when you say thought leadership. And you really mentioned influence and changing people's opinions. I'd love to hear more of how that happens in, in your world. It's such a great question. Thank, thanks for asking that one. You know, I still think that when we look at the nature of innovation, right, and how people make decisions today, I, I think that that continues to change over time. Um, and I still think that innovations come from a number of different sources. And I think that when we when we think about how that happens, how you work together, to solve sort of common problems. So I think that, you know, if we're looking at whether it's creating a new market or redefining old ones or maybe even something sort of larger, right, changing the world for the better. I think that collaboration on a global scale really needs to take place for me. Um, and I'm not sure that I can necessarily demystify the, the grand scheme of, of influence and, and community. But but for me, I think in order to collaboratively address some of these bigger issues that exist, I think that, you know, we sort of need some some structure and some guidelines, if you will, of how that might happen. CloudMinds came about looking that we know that the world is changing. So the way that the way that people communicate is changing, too. In order to make that happen um, and this notion of you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. How do we help an industry? How do we help a marketplace, you know, move forward um, with this notion of, you know, at the center, business, technology, society, how do we sort of better it? So this whole notion of process that's equal parts, brainstorming, you know, problem solving and relationship building, and each piece of it brings each person who's involved their unique expertise and knowledge to the forefront. So I think that that's a fascinating opportunity for us. And, and I I considered that a privilege <laughs> to, to be able to kind of convene that kind of think tank, if you will. Wow, that's that's fascinating, Amy. And it sounds like a really interesting program. Was that a hard sell uh, setting up inside of IBM? Because I've had some of these conversations with executives just on, uh, you know, can we afford to buy people some uh, pens, right? And they're like, oh, I don't know, you know. Stickers are pretty expensive. What do you get after you buy them pens? What do you get from that? Exactly. So, I mean, was this, a, it's, it sounds like a really interesting program with a bunch of really interesting people and some interesting activities too. I don't know if you invented the program or if you came in later, but was that a hard sell within the corporate environment? That's another amazing question. I'm I'm almost on 15 years at IBM. August will be my 15th year here. And uh, when you when you join a company like IBM, people take different career paths, if you will. I came in as an entrepreneur several years prior to IBM. And so my career path is every few years, I work on 
kind of a startup within IBM. And usually it's something that um, IBM is looking to move into. So whether it means a new market or a new area um, or an innovation program, I've sort of been one of the people that that is on the foundational teams, building something from scratch, uh, if you will, with, you know, inside of an enterprise is, is sort of become my niche within IBM. But I've worked on a number of programs like this before. When I joined the IBM cloud team um, in January of 2014, CloudMinds was was the program that that I launched. And I've been very, very lucky to have the support of a number of IBM executives uh, across the company of varying levels, all the way up um, with folks agreeing to what we call host a huddle, um, where they lend their time to these brainstorming sessions and they get in the get in the discussions with us roll up their sleeves and understand that, you know, this isn't uh, 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 challenges for any one company to solve. It's it's something that a lot of people have to come together. So to find it's a hard sell. I love adventures like these. Uh, you know, I've been part of a lot of startups, some that have succeeded and some that have failed. Um, and I've learned from from all of them. So was it a, <laughs> a smooth sale? To find not smooth sale. Um, huh. I enjoyed that. I've enjoyed every you know challenge that I've uh, an opportunity that I've been afforded. So it's uh, it's been kind of a really cool adventure. Wait a minute. So are you saying you don't measure anything? <laughs> okay, that is a very funny question. Of course, we measure things. Um, you know, um, every everything at, at every company, I believe, um, you know, has to measure something. <laughs> <laughs> I had so to I, ask. I love that question. And that was a nice little curveball. I like that. Um, you know, basically, I just, uh, you know, they asked me to convene think tanks, and that's about the extent of it. So there you go. Mm. I'm being sarcastic. Now, um, you know, this particular program, IBM convenes and invests in programs like this because they want to sit at the table. And I think that that, that makes perfect sense to me. I think not every company can run a program like this successfully. And I think that there's this, what I'll call a, a mutually beneficial value proposition for, for people participating and for IBM. So I think that, you know, when you think about why is IBM doing something like this, right? There's this understanding around significant global issues, right? There's the opportunity for us from, to learn from one another. I think there's these relationships that may not typically come into IBM in, in this particular capacity. So I think, you know, there's a lot of different things that come out of programs like this. If you want to talk about what's the, the business benefits, obviously, or, you know, what's being measured, you know, both through formal and informal feedback loops. I mean, that's probably a whole other podcast discussion. Sure, sure. No, you, you left a lot of breadcrumbs, though, that are pretty obvious that lead into the sort of anecdotal, but also things that tally up quite quickly as valuable. So Amy Lewis, I have to ask, is this influencer marketing? Um, my metrics say yes. <laughs> all, all metrics point yes. <laughs> Interesting. I do. I still see this as a marketing activity. It would be awesome to have sort of the the discussion around the word itself. And again, not to offend our guests because I adore Amy and really admire what she's doing. But I, I think in the end, we are we are attempting to shape and build a marketplace. So for me, this still sits firmly within it. I just read a great article today. We can add it to the notes about that they called this organic marketing. The influence marketing was the new organic marketing and that it was a new channel, a new method, and was extremely messy. All the things that we often say, and and I hear some of that there as well. Like it's hard to know what to measure. Directionally, you kind of have some ideas, but it's a little bit of a, you know, a pinch of of eye of newt to it. There's just something not quite scientific about it yet. I think for me, the, the term marketing in general, when when 
we approach people to participate in this kind of community. The word marketing sends that red flag up right to a lot of people. So they're like, oh, are you part of marketing? Right. And then they don't necessarily want to be a part of something if it has a marketing connotation. When you're talking about carve it up and where does it sit? It can sit in a lot of different places, you know, and I can make the case and I could argue it's a marketing program. I could argue it's a communications program, it's a, a business program, argue that it's a business development program. I could argue that it's a technology eminence program. And make- totally agree. Just to jump in and say, totally agree. And I personally have been bounced to, I think, every one of those departments in an org chart. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely agree with you. So I think, I think it's easier to define what it is not. But I think that the idea here is that there's a lot of different things it is and that it can be. What I think you're doing is actually hitting the nail right on the head, which is, I think, one of the challenges for anybody coming into this. It Honestly, I, again, I'm org chart girl, so I love this stuff. It's figuring out what to title yourself to make it work within the structure of the company you're in. So I actually love that as guidance for our listeners who think, you know, that kind of whatever this is interests me, but I'm afraid I'll be pigeonholed as XYZ or my company isn't as open to this as as IBM obviously is or as Cisco was for me before and SolidFire is now, et cetera. So set all those kind of company structures aside. Right. Um, I think it's inspirational for people to go, oh, wait, that does sound a little bit like that. And my company tends to invest in business development or whatever. You know what I mean? The point is that I like how you explode the myth that it has to just sit in one place. And so it's a, it's a great, you know, it's a great conversation we're kind of, you know, moving towards. And I love, you know, the fact of where this conversation is going. But the reason I've sort of even thought about where it sits or what kind of program it is, right, Again, you know, will it turn off the group of people we're trying to bring into it, right? That was sort of the first thought. And then also how you do sort of report, you know, back to the the powers that be. I tend to think when we define it, you know, we are calling it an influencer program, for lack of a better word, because it does tend to sort of scrape across those kinds of things. IBM in general, I've been very fortunate, as I mentioned, to be a part of, you know, a number of different what I'll call innovation or exploration programs, you know, where IBM will sort of not suspend disbelief, but they'll sort of be a little more understanding. Of course, you know, you have to declare objectives, you know, there's business objectives you're going to achieve. And of course, there are some, and then there's the formal and informal feedback loops. But I think it, what's important to note here is it doesn't ha- you don't have to say it's a communications program, right? Is it external relations? Is it marketing? Is it HR? Is it you know technology program? I think it's some of all of those things with the common goal of how does this sort of come back and benefit all the participants, you know, in a way that that is different than what we've done before. And I think that that's that's something that I'm yeah. you know yeah. feel pretty that's excited the, about. It's like the equivalent of you know putting a computer into a blender in order to understand how a computer works. I mean, it just it doesn't do it justice. <laughs> so we're understanding yeah. that it's a complex theory. Yeah. Plus, Matt Matt is a recovering self loathing marketer. So anytime this topic comes up, it's you know I, right there. It's Close I've accepted the, the first <laughs> the first point to recovery with marketing is to admit it. And I, I really think that's applicable here because I think my strategy has always been like, yeah, I reported to marketing and I love it. Um, by the way, you can also check out my GitHub repo and I'll be happy to talk to you about distributed systems in, at length. And let's go build some cool shit together. And that's that's my backup. It's worked that way. I think all three of us geek whisperers are fairly comfortable with the ambiguity uh, from our backgrounds and, and from what we've been trying to do at big companies and small. In that, 
yeah, pigeonhole it as marketing, but we're just trying to, you know, be humans and move the business forward. And I think, you know, I feel like I'm in company with y'all, right? Because again, if you look at my background, you know, you could, you could say, well, what's the background? Well, I've worked in technology my entire career, right? But in the different kingdoms, right? That sort of, sometimes they are very distinct and sometimes they start to blend together. But I think, you know, what I'm hearing you guys say is the same way that I feel, right? The, the idea is how do we move the business forward, right? How do we, we all seem to love technology. How do we help technology have a greater impact? Well, Amy Hermes, one, you get extra points for saying, using the word y'all, at least from one of us. Two, That's me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't quite write out all y'all, but I was, I was planning on the next. Two, I kind of want to take it back to the career path again. As Cloud Minds was developing, mm-hmm. you know, how did you make this decision to jump over into it? And kind of, you know, was it uh, perceived as a risky decision that you said it was entrepreneurial? Was it kind of a gamble? I'm going to give it six months and see how it goes. Because, you know, there's a few different philosophies of how jobs get created and career paths. And there's one kind of end of the spectrum that's like, well, I look for an opening and then I apply for it. Especially more junior people kind of think that way. But, right. you know, very senior openings too, like the CEO. Oh, there's the opening for be to be a CEO. You know, a recruiter called me and I'll, I'll talk to them about it. So there are openings that, that they then look for people. So that's one model. And then there's another we've heard from people saying, well, no, I kind of invent my new job that I want. And I kind of like figure out at least the direction it want to be in. And I talk to somebody, I start doing it, or maybe I ask for permission. Maybe I start doing it right away and I get there on my own. So they're kind of these, maybe that's two ends of the spectrum. So inside IBM, that's even more complicated because you're you're bouncing around this big company. How did you come upon this opportunity? How did you create it? How did you make it yours? And was it a tough decision between multiple opportunities in front of you? So, wow, what, a, what an amazing question. So in general, this probably at the beginning of my career at IBM, I, uh, I you guys I know previously Geek Whispers has talked a lot about mentoring and the role of mentors, and I believe in this wholeheartedly. Um, one of my favorite professors in graduate school, you know, used to say to me that, you know, graduate school is a lot of what you make of it. You know, you get in what you put out. You can go put your time in, get your class credits and be done with it. Or, you know, you can network and find mentors and colleagues and, you know, things that will last you a lifetime. And I've sort of always treated my career as such. So early in my career at IBM, I did a number of, of what we call executive interviews. They call them EIs and asked the questions about, you know, career path and how do you know people find a way forward? And and it, it is both ends of those spectrums, John. That you, you know that you mentioned, you can you know wait for a job opening and 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 find it, or you can you know see how long a, a job takes you. I've always sort of been the entrepreneur or startup mentality. Uh, so usually every two to four years, I start thinking, okay, you know, we've kind of established something here that's kind of become turnkey. It's a system, you know, this is kind of moving forward. You know, what else can I, where's the white space? Where's something that I can innovate? You know, where's something that one person can start to make a difference? Previous to this particular job, uh, I was running the digital marketing team in global technology services, which was an incredible job, an incredible opportunity managing a worldwide team. Um, that was focused on um, how do we look at things like, you know, SEO and we look at uh, lead generation programs, very much a, a full on marketing job. When this particular opportunity came up, my again, my reputation is sort of this entrepreneur, if you will, for community management. And and I got a couple of different calls from people saying, hey, I have an opportunity you might be perfect for. And it ended up all being the same job. Um, so that means I, I'm either... <laughs> Uh, people either know me very well, but um, 
uh, when IBM was was you know looking to refocus our cloud efforts, folks came back and said, "Hey, you've done a number of programs like this in the past. Would you be willing to look at creating an influencer program focused on cloud?" And I said, "Absolutely." You know, and then and then started asking the kinds of questions like, "What are what are the objectives? What are we looking to do here?" And as I you know started to hear more, it, it was one of these jobs that required you know some leadership, um, which is you know defining, proposing what you, you know, what what I believed or ultimately believed was something that, you know, we as a company needed to make happen, what what was something that I thought we could make happen and what kind of timeline we could do it. And, um, you know, in, in these kinds of areas within IBM, putting a, a program proposal together, making the business case something compelling, you know, defining what kind of resources you needed. So um, for me, this is a great natural fit. Um, you know, I just spent probably the previous two and a half years doing the, the, uh, the marketing job and I was ready for my next adventure. And the good part for me was that one of the most exciting projects I'd ever had the opportunity to work at at IBM was called the Global Innovation Outlook. And this was something that uh, we have a, a very large team. It was what IBM called the Chairman's Initiative. And this was my first, what I'll call official, although you know unofficial forays, but into community and, and influencer programs. And this 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 GIO program you know, was launched originally in 2004, and I came on board in 2005. And it was the longest position I've had within IBM, about four years. And this was focused on these big societal topics. So we looked at things like economic growth in Africa, water in the ocean, security in society, travel and transportation. And we would run what we would call deep dives around the globe. And it was the same notion of bringing influential constituencies or influential communities together And the idea was, you know, creating opportunities for business innovation, societal innovation and technology innovation. And so Cloud Minds was largely based on not just my experiences and best practices from running that program for four years, but the technology advances that we've made since since that particular program was sunset. What could we leverage to build on as a foundation? And that's uh, where Cloud Minds was birthed. That's fascinating because I'm looking at it through the career lens and having had to deal with some of these issues of what is a career path for marketing? And there's a, there's this traditional one where everybody, you know, where you go on and become a VP of marketing or be, you know, CMO or something like that. But the interesting thing is I think there's lots of jobs in between the beginning and the end that uh, there's, there's a very twisty, there's, <laughs> I, I'm going to say this very twisty path so that make it sound like you're, maybe that's not the right word, but as you know, long as you're not calling me twisted, I'm okay with it. Yeah. There's lots <laughs> of really interesting pathways. Let's <laughs> put it that way on the way to wherever the, wherever we're going and I don't I don't know where you want to go but you wouldn't have thought in college or or uh you know in your first gig as you're looking at uh, you know a job description that uh you know something like oh develop a global uh you know influencer innovative collaborative uh you know program where we're going to bring the top people in cloud together and and uh and talk and create content assets off of that and bring in executives and it's just not a, a job description that they teach you in college. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. I would tell you that I probably has about have about as unconventional career path as you could you could find, and I think probably the, the you know the, the four of us could you know get together and probably have you know five dozen hours of conversation about about this. But I think what appeals to me is that it's not cookie cutter. I think what appeals to me is that it really is in my world the best opportunity to make a difference. You know, I've tried my hand at, at startups and I feel like I've been 
fortunate in terms of right place, right time. And I also feel like I've brought forward the best pieces of what I've learned previously to each next job. And again, one of those early mentors at IBM that said, you know, said to me early on, are you the kind of person that wants the job post and you apply to that job? Or are you the kind of person who invents the next job that you want? And I think based on if I look back right now, we're talking about 23 or 24 years in IT. For the most part, I am one of those people who creates it. One of the very cool things, and, and you guys will probably smile about this, in the dot-com boom, you know, I moved out to Southern California to Los Angeles, you know, in 1998. And I was fortunate enough to take a class at the Continuing School of Education at UCLA, I was very interested in what was happening in the dot-com space. And a number of contacts that I had from the technology world, the school actually asked me to come in and and help them create some coursework on what is e-business, what is, you know, e-commerce, and how how do people leverage these technology changes. And it was a great it was a great discussion. You know, there was a number of folks from the Anderson School of Business. There was a number of folks from the continuing uh, the continuing education school, um, Unix, and then a number of people that I know from from different you know technology organizations in Los Angeles. And together we sat down and tried to figure out well how were we going to help people catapult their careers forward. I helped put together what the the course was going to be, and the first class had several hundred people in it, <laughs> which was amazing. And then. The next thing we know at, at Unix, they, you know, had to bring in five different instructors to teach the class. Um, and so I did that from, you know, 1998 till, to 2002, which was an incredible opportunity. And, and right there is where my career took a change because an IBM recruiter took the class in 1998 and you know, stayed in touch with me. And then 2000, they made this uh, an offering that you couldn't refuse. So, hey, you know, if you come to IBM, we want you to run this in, this executive briefing center in, in an innovation center in Santa Monica. Innovation, you know, made my ears perk up. Tell me about innovation. What do you want me to do? Well, we well, want to I want to just yeah, jump in there and, and say another sort of interesting point and continuity I see between guests, et cetera, is I think when you are challenged with teaching something, uh, or it'd be that as a mentor in a formal setting, it forces you to look at it a different way. When you have to explain yourself a little bit to somebody, I think it opens up your mind to possibilities. It's another kind of theme I think we've seen run through as people who have interesting career paths. They've often had to explain themselves in some manner or fashion. <laughs> There's no elevator pitch to what we do. That's been the common theme throughout my career. I mean, even all the jobs that I've had, you know, you can't even say where it fits in. The only commonality is that they've all been in IT, right? But you can't even really say, well, they've all been marketing jobs or they've all been comms jobs or consulting jobs. I mean, they all sort of take a different spin based on what the the value or the contribution has been or the end result. But, you know, the, the commonality, I think, for me, at least, if I look back again, you know, through the through the number of years, it's always been the pursuit of innovation, right? Trying to look for the white space, trying to look for where is the where is the trail not been blazed, right? Where is the path less traveled? And I think I'm hearing you guys also talk about, you know, things that you're passionate about in, you know, where are there opportunities for, you know, people to make a difference, to drive opportunities forward. And I think that, um, you know, Amy, you hit on it, it perfectly. What makes us tick is when we, there isn't a, an easy way to describe what we do. I do a lot of calls, um, now, and I have a lot of mentees in IBM, and they'll often ask me, well, how do you get to do what you're doing? <laughs> and it's never, and it's never an easy answer. I mean, it's not a, you know, it's, well, <laughs> what do you want to do? And I, so I think thinking through 
what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? How do you know when you've done it? How do you know when you're successful? Right. And you have to kind of keep raising the bar in terms of what do you want to keep doing? How do you know when you've arrived? You know, what defines success? So I think coming back to that measurement piece that we sort of had earlier, right? How do you know when you, how do you know when you succeeded? So I think sort of having that forethought to think through, what am I trying to get to? You know, where am I starting? That mall map, you're here, where do you want to go? Um, and I like to think that way. And I like to think, what do you want to accomplish in the first year? What do you want to accomplish in three years? You know, I like the fact that it, it's constantly changing, that I keep trying to raise the bar on what am I trying to accomplish? Well, I and, have one other question. So listening to, I know you've touched on the topic of community and have, have worked with a lot of different communities. What do you think makes a community work? Such an amazing question. What makes a community work? I think there's a lot of different components to making communities work. And I think, you know, I can speak about it from an IBM standpoint, and I can also speak about it just in, you know, being in my, in my regular life. I I tend to think that, you know, your life starts to blur. People talk about work-life balance is now it's work-life integration, right? So your, your blending of your work and life kind of becomes one. Uh, After my son, I have a son, uh, an almost five-year-old son. And after my son was born, I understand the importance of communities. And I think with technology and social platforms, you know, I think it allows us to connect in different ways. So one of the things that I've created is a, a mom group, if you will. Um, and now, you know, fast forward four years beyond what I started, um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a free group that brings moms together and it's now 75,000 moms. And, you know, I believe in this notion of paying it forward or random acts of kindness where, you know, a particular person has put in, you know, the time and, and, and struggled through being a new mom. And, and now, you know, there's people, this notion of, well, I can help other new moms. So again, this particular group is called Mommy to Mommy. There's more than 50 groups that I've put together. And that's something I do in my, what I'll call my spare time, right? So that's the value of community there. Um, the ability to interact with like-minded people, the opportunity to, to get a point of view that you might not have thought of from people that you, you know, value their opinions, that you value what, what they value, right? Whether it's a parenting philosophy or, or a parenting practice or where you live or a you know, unique set of characteristics that binds you together. So you know, that's sort of a, a personal um, component of it. From a professional component, I think that you know, there's a lot of different things that make a community tick. Um, I think it's what's the community based on? What's the core value of the community? You know, what are you asking from your community? And I think that there's always people who tend to be more involved in your community and there's others that may do, you know, less. So I tend to think it's back to this notion of, you know, when you do graduate school, you get out of it what you put in, right? So within cloud minds, for example, there's a group I'll call the nucleus, right? There's some people who who tend to want to get out more out of the community. So they, you know, they give more to the community, they give their time, they give um, their input. And so I tend to think, in general, I think w- what makes a community work? I think how the community is run is a, is a big deal or the governance of the community, the system of engagement, I think is really important. I think, you know, again, the balance of what do you get out versus what do you put in? Um, I think there's got to be obviously value proposition for everyone involved, you know, and I think ultimately community objectives. Uh, so I think that was a really uh, long bound way going to say that a lot of different things can happen from a community. I think um, being very clear about what's the purpose of the community, more than anything, I think having a sense of humor is really, really important to all this. So, I, you know, hopefully I, I bring that both to, you know, professional things and personal things that I do, you know, around um, community or, or influencer programs. Um, so 
since I'm a believer in negative space as well, uh, if you had a piece of advice for our listeners, because this is really fantastic for people thinking about different ways to ramp their career, to go in interesting directions, to never be bored, to give back. But if you had a piece of advice that you said, trust me, don't ever do this again, what would it be? Oh, see, I I don't know that I would ever say don't ever do this again. I mean, I think that um, every every opportunity is an opportunity to build on Right. There's there's some things that you want to repeat and there's some things that, you know, well, I'm not going to step in that landmine again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think clarity is really important. I think understanding, you know, where you're running to or walking to or sprinting to, you know, is is really important. You know, that having both short term and long term goals, I think, is is very, very important. And understanding what are you trying to achieve? How quickly are you trying to achieve it? What's your measures of success? So the, the, the advice that I'd say is being very clear, clarity, super duper important. I think knowing yourself, I think knowing what you want to do and what you feel you bring to the table. I think that there's many ways to run influencer programs, um, whether it's, you know, a marketing bend, a communication bend, a business you know development bend, a thought leadership bend. I think knowing what you know you bring to that, I think is very important. And I don't think there's any one way to, to, to run it. So that's why I think those program objectives become very, very important. Career path-wise, shoot for the stars. I don't think that there's anything that people can't set their mind to doing. I think that, you know, there's opportunities to learn from from everything that you've done before, whether it's a success or a failure, and that helps shape what the next adventure is. And with each um, tool in your toolkit or tool in your tool belt, I think that, you know, you can make smarter decisions informed by the, the previous. And I think that's something that I love about agile methodology. I think that each next step is informed by the previous one. So... I think shoot for the stars, aim, aim high. Um, don't boil the ocean is always an important one, but just, you know, be very clear about what you want to achieve and um, the timeline in which you want to do it and just be true to yourself. So I think that um, anyone who's looking to make a career change um, or go deeper, you know, I think um, those kinds of innovation jobs um, to provoke or to disrupt, I think that there's a lot of opportunity out there to do different things in the white space. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Amy Hermes, thank you so much for being uh, on the podcast and uh, talking a little bit about your career and what you're doing with Cloud Minds. If uh, someone wanted to contact you to find out more, where would they find you on Twitter or elsewhere? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn as Amy Hermes. I'm also on uh, Twitter as Amy Hermes. Uh, pretty easy to find me that way. And uh, I'd love to talk to new people about things like this um, or from any of the three of you. you. guys can always put me in touch with uh, any of your folks uh, out there in your listening audience that are interested in getting in touch with me. I, I love talking to new folks. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for telling us a little bit about uh, your career path and, uh, <laughs> and how you got where you are. Thanks, Amy Hermes. And once again, this has been another episode of The Geek Whispers. You've been listening to The Geek Whispers podcast, where we bring social media and community to enterprise IT. You can listen to all the episodes at our website, geek-whispers.com, or check us out on Twitter, Facebook, or iTunes. Your hosts were John Mark Troyer, Amy Lewis, and Matthew Brender, better known on Twitter as Jay Troyer, Comms Ninja, and MJ Brender. See you next week.